Now tell me about your struggle and I can tell you about mine. Welcome friends, this is the Underground Writing Podcast for the week of August 27th, 2018. I'm Matt Malian, Director of Underground Writing. And I'm Alvin Shim, producer for the Underground Writing Podcast. On our bi-weekly podcast, we read and discuss a piece of writing by an underground writing student and briefly update listeners about what's happening in the program as a whole. Because we're a creative writing program serving at-risk populations, we do not mention students by name. We hope you enjoy this edition of the podcast. Today we're featuring a piece from our Migrant Leader Club site. It is a piece that interacts with and afters poems by Juan Felipe Herrera and Langston Hughes. And we'll read uh, a few of those poems in a bit here. The poem is called Dreams. Dreams. I have had many dreams throughout my years. I dreamed I would visit my dad. I dreamed my family would get papers. I dreamed I would be able to go to Mexico. I dreamed that my dad would be with my family forever. But now my dream is to be an architect and take care of my mom. This poem came out of a workshop where we were dealing with the subject of dreams. Uh, We didn't put a lot of parameters on it. Again, we talked about poems by uh, that I'll read in a second here by Langston Hughes and Juan Felipe Herrera. In thinking about how to discuss this poem, and even if this poem should be read, really, uh, on the podcast, I don't want to over-explicate it, because I, I think it's, um, it is what it is. I think it's a, a tender story, a hard story. It's also a story that the student has been openly sharing more and more, so I, I feel comfortable uh, in sharing it uh, here as well. A couple things that are really effective in the poem itself. There is a conveyance of, of things that have happened, the hardships that have happened in this uh, poet's life. And then when you see on the page, there there's a gap between line five and six. And why I mention that is you can't see it on the podcast, but you see it in the book when it comes out. That space is this effective gap that indicates a gap of time, a gap of emotion, and there's a there's a huge gulf there between the fifth line, which is, I dream that my dad would be with my family forever. Then you have this gap, this pause, the next line, but now my dream is to be an architect and take care of my mom. So I think that's a very interesting stylistic choice on the part of this young poet and extremely effective because there's all the time and the sadness and the hurt and the depth of feeling in that gap between the word forever, period, space, and then the next line begins with but. I think it's a very effective choice to convey the emotion that's that's being conveyed in the poem. I also think, again, not wanting to over-explicate it, but I do want to mention that I think this this student has not only dwelled there is a positive turn to some degree that the, although the dreams have changed because of sad events, there's also a renewal of vision. There is a carrying forward. The poem could end with that fifth line. I, I dreamed that my dad would be with my family forever. And there could be a lot implied there with that ending, just ending there. 
However, the, the young poet has chosen to go on, not only in the poem, but in, in life, and, and have continuing dreams, which is listed here, becoming an architect and taking care of, of her mom. I want to read the two poems that we brought in that day. The first is by Juan Felipe Herrera, who was at that time the Poet Laureate of the United States, which was very exciting to the Migrant Leaders Club students because he is from a migrant background. And I'll also mention here that at this site we are working on a second. They've had an anthology of student writing come out called Dream Fields, which I believe we've mentioned on the podcast before, but they're hoping to come out next year with a second volume of student writing at that site and we are working with them um, that's what we're doing at the site this last couple of years is working on writing for that new book and the coup of it all is that we have juan felipe herrera has agreed to write the forward to it so we're all very excited about that so here's a poem called here and there which is not a direct link to the type of dreams we were talking about but it's very it's dreamlike in in itself here and there I sit and meditate. My dog licks her paws on the red-brown sofa. So many things somehow. It is all reduced to numbers, letters, figures, without faces or names, only jagged lines across the miles, half-shadows, going into shadow-shadow, then destruction, the infinite light, here and there, cannot be overcome. It is the first drop of ink. And more directly related, we brought in a poem by Langston Hughes called Dreams. Dreams. Hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams, for when dreams go, life is a barren field frozen with snow. So again, like in a lot of our workshops, we have students interact with these poems, work on what we call afterings of these poems, writing poems after these poets and their themes, and the subject of dreams. And, and this student came up uh, with their own poem called Dreams, which uh, we've read here today. Can you read the poem one more time? Dreams. I have had many dreams throughout my years. I dreamed I would visit my dad. I dreamed my family would get papers. I dreamed I would be able to go to Mexico. I dreamed that my dad would be with my family forever. But now my dream is to be an architect and take care of my mom. There's definitely a shift in the dreams, but the last, the new dream to be an architect is... I don't think it's more realistic, but it's still big dreams. Hmm. Yeah. And I think they're more in her power than than their first set of dreams. Right. That's a good point. Like she has more power to affect the possibility of this happening than maybe some of those other ones. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. I think yeah, you're right. Cuz a lot of those first that first section out of the student's control. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was like a shift from the first set of dreams like oh oh how I wish and then at the end it's like this is what I'm going to do now. You almost get a sense that the student has that same, maybe even unconscious, has that same kind of realization that you were just saying. It has a realization in the first section, like, I don't know if I can do this, mm -hmm. or it's out of my control, but mm -hmm. that, 
that determination in the second section, knowing that the student can effect change to towards becoming an architect and knowing, yes, I can take care of my mom, you know, that that's in my power. It's a very, sh- it's a brief poem. Uh, like we've said, it's only seven lines on the page, but I think it's, it's one of the more uh, direct and powerful pieces. Granted, knowing a bit of the history, you know, makes it more powerful. However, just seeing it on the page and knowing that there is a story behind it and, and imagining what that might be like is powerful enough. That's all the reader, any reader needs to, to know it's, a, it's an important piece. So the Migrant Leaders Club here in the Mount Vernon School District works at preparing middle and high school students, uh, migrant students for college and career. And they do that in a variety of ways, cultivating youth voices and leadership. And they do that in a safe, student-driven environment. Club members create opportunities for expression. And this gives the students an opportunity to see themselves be seen by others as emerging leaders. Mm -hmm. And so we have been partnering with them at that site since 2015. So we're going on our, we'll be going into our fourth academic year there. And we do hope to wrap up the writing and editing and formation of their second book with them, uh, which is very exciting. Get that out into the public. What's going on in the world of underground writing? Two brief re-mentions of a couple things. We had our first Community Spotlight podcast with Randy Brewer from the YMCA Oasis Daylight Center. Tell a little about that. You and I met with Randy, who is the the lead at that program and the site host for Underground Writing. And she was very welcoming. She was fun to talk to. She was a good hang. And she had a lot to say about not only about area youth and her work, but about the transformative power of creative writing and what it means to, to her growing up and also to the people that she serves. I was glad for you that she had all those good things to say about Underground Writing mm-hmm. uh, in her work. And now everyone else can hear that too. Yeah, she she does a lot of good work there and has been there quite a while. And we're glad to, to partner with them and the community here. And so that was that's episode eight of the Underground Writing mm-hmm. Podcast. And that was released. By the time you're hearing this, it was released last week, Tuesday. August uh, 21st. Yeah. August 21st. So check that out. And it's a good a good podcast to get introduced to one of our site hosts. And the Community Spotlight podcast will be interspersed uh, between our bi-weekly catch-ups as we record them and as we can get them out to you. So look for more of those in the future. And also to re-mention that this coming Monday, which actually by the time you're listening to this on the podcast will either be the day of or the day after, August 27th, Monday, we begin our uh, week-long intensive in juvenile detention where we are doing a multi-teacher curriculum around the book Long Way Down by uh, Jason Reynolds. It's a young adult novel sweeping the young adult novel awards. It's the first time we've done this sort of thing with a single book. So I'm, I'm hoping and expecting that it'll go very well and that we can do, we, maybe we can do this every August because in August in juvenile detention, the students don't have uh, school. It's the mm-hmm. one month they don't have school. And so they look for extra programming and it'd be fun to do a kind of a book thematic book week like this uh, once a year.
You can get more details and more description of that on episode seven of the Underground Writing Podcast, and that is the I Too Sing America episode. Do you have an idea of how many kids will be there at juvenile detention? I haven't mentioned this before, but the facility there, I think, can can um, house 30 to 40 youth and used to house about that many. But Washington State has moved to shorter stays for youth. So an average stay might be two, three, four days. It's more kind of like a shock to the system kind of, how would you phrase that? Kind of a shock to the system, a wake-up call, and then getting them back out into their, their families with referrals to community services to help them. Mm-hmm which is much more, research is finding that's much more effective than like longer stays right. in juvenile detention. So for the most part, that's that's the average stay. Therefore, the numbers in juvenile detention range, you know, I've, I've been going in there for three and a half, four years, and the numbers have ranged from one to 17, something like that. Mm-hmm. So 17, you know, when, when there's 17, that's a really full house nowadays. Most most of the time, the average population in there is, um, you know, four to ten. So I'm, we're hoping for a good turnout. We're also hoping that there's not a bunch of youth in juvenile detention, yep. that things are going well for them. Right. But I, th- I think we'll have something like five, six, seven students. Mm-hmm. That's my hope. Our site host at juvenile detention is Sean Thompson, who's the manager there. Really good guy, really doing good things in juvenile detention and has really improved uh, the system and the atmosphere in there has all the guards working as coaches more than guards for the youth. And it's it's just has a positive effect. It's been a real positive place to be in there. And I really appreciate talking with him about if as a society we have youth making these decisions and we have to separate them from their families, let's also build them up and give them programming and support them in a way that Sean is he's well versed in doing so for youth. When I finished up my last degree, the day after I graduated, I was sitting in a meeting, another teacher and I were sitting in a meeting with Sean and proposing this idea of underground writing mm-hmm. for the, you know, for the, that was the first proposal to anyone. And he loved it right from the start and mm-hmm. was behind it right from the start. And let's try it and asking questions and what, what would it be like for this and how could we help? And we started about a month later in juvenile detention. Really appreciate his work there, and he's a member of our advisory board for underground writing as well. And we're going to feature him. So be on the lookout for that uh, Community Spotlight podcast sometime in the near future. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. Today's featured writing is from What No One Ever Tells You, Underground Writing's first anthology of student writing. The book is scheduled for release in fall 2018. We'll have another episode for you in a couple of weeks. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Email us at info at undergroundwriting.org. Connect with us via our website, undergroundwriting.org. And spread the word about our work by mentioning us on social media. The Underground Writing Podcast is recorded and produced by Alvin Shim and Underground Writing. You can access it via iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast outlets as well as on our website, where we include links of interest connected to items mentioned in each episode. Today's featured music is from Peter Legrand, a song titled Circle, from the album I Still Believe. Our current theme music for this podcast is provided by Luis Lopez and the Migrant Leaders Club in the Mount Vernon School District. I'm Alvin Shim. And I'm Matt Malian. Thanks for listening. <laughs>